it's more than just, you know, okay, make money. This is like, this has become our family passion, um, you know, in, in, in having this. And we see this as, as, as a means to, you know, our, all our futures in, in, you know, retirement and, you know, tailor success later down the line. This is, this is, this is becoming more of a legacy project for us. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, I am joined by three guests who are all very nice and very uh, um, beautiful people that I'm excited to be chatting with. We've got Taylor and Dean and Adrian Smith, um, who are a family of Airbnb entrepreneurs um, who are going to share their story with us today. So welcome to the show, Smith family. So glad to be here. Thank you. Well, great, guys. Um, we have a lot to cover today and really excited to hear more about the story of not just one of your places, but multiple places. Um, and I'd actually like to start every interview by asking my guests, and you know, you guys could each do this, or maybe we just start with, uh, with Taylor here, but we'd, I'd love to hear the story about the first time you stayed in Airbnb. What was that experience like? Do you remember anything particularly memorable about it? Um, and where was that experience? So I don't know if this was my first ever stay, but it was definitely my first memorable stay. Um, when I was getting ready to tour art schools in New York City, um, my mom and I decided to have a little trip to New York so I could do my tours. And we stayed at an Airbnb that was um, in Lower Manhattan. And it was it was one where we were staying in, in another person's apartment. Okay. So we met we met this family who uh, the the wife of the family is an alternative process teacher uh, for photography at a really prestigious art school in New York. And she had a dark room in her house and they had you know famous photo prints all over the house just you know throughout her career of, of meeting artists and, and trading and receiving works um so it was really special because i was a photo uh, planning to be a photography student and i actually i did end up going to that school that i toured um we had a really yeah we just had a really wonderful stay with them and they had, had their house for decades so it just was so full of all of their life um and i weirdly enough ended up living with them my second year of college. Wow. Uh, I moved into the bedroom that was opposite of the Airbnb room that I stayed in. Um, and I lived with them, I think for about four or five months, uh, which, you know, just kind of grew our friendship and I learned so much more about them, but it just was kind of this weird kismet of touring schools, meeting them. And then suddenly I'd live in their house permanently. <laughs> wow. That is a remarkable story. So I, I yeah. imagine you used the dark room 
um, somewhat frequently or, or not, or not I so actually, much? Yeah, it was her private dark room. I never used her dark room, but we did have a lot of opportunities to um, sit and talk photography. And I met several very famous artists who just, you know, happened to be stopping by for dinner. Um, so I, I got a lot of wonderful knowledge from them. Um, and it, it was just a really kind of special, unique experience. That's incredible. Wow. That's, that's a amazing story. Uh, started off by just being a guest and wound up ending up living <laughs> in the same spot that you first Airbnb at. That's, I don't know, yeah. how, you know, too many people that have done that. So, um, no, I don't think I've ever heard of anyone becoming a permanent resident of yeah. Airbnb. <laughs> I think some people would like to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Adrian and Dean, how about you all? What, what was your first stay like? Well, mine was with Taylor in that uh, apartment in Gramercy. And, um, you know, again, it was it was fantastic to be able to stay there. And uh, as a parent to, you know, know that these people um, actually we became friends very fast with them. And uh, they were very open to, you know, hey, if there's anything, even though, you know, it was way before Taylor moved in. We're here close in the city. We'd be, we'd be happy to help you out since you'll be so far away. So, um, and being in someone's space for the first time, you know, not in an Airbnb that's just solely your own, but you know, you're staying in somebody's home. That was a whole unique experience because they weren't friends of ours. They were, you know, we, we became friends at that time. And, and, and it was just a very different experience going cold into somebody's house and then setting up and being friends with them. So, yeah, yeah, I bet. I mean, I, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of trust um, on both sides of the, of the equation there. And uh, I, ha I have a special admiration for those who uh, offer their home uh, a bedroom in their, in their primary yeah. home for, for guests and, and the guests that take them up on that offer. Um, a lot of, a lot of like yeah. mutual trust there, which is great. What about you, Dean? What was your first stay? Actually, my first stay was in a home in Castine, Maine with Taylor and Adrian and a friend of Taylor's and uh, my brother-in-law. And we had a fantastic time. It was always a, an impression on me was uh, no matter where you went when you left the house, either to go on an excursion or just to the grocery store, it was always like coming back to home. Mm. We cooked, yeah, we cooked lobster dinners there and we sat out on the deck and enjoyed the evenings and uh, the view was uh, you know, spectacular. It wasn't too far a walk from the beach. And it was always a, a nice impression on me that someone would actually give up their home to strangers and let us, you know, let it's, it's so much different than a hotel. It's, it's a much more personal experience. So that was my first impression. Well, thank you all for sharing that. Um, really cool that uh, for all of you, your first stays were in somebody else's home um, in, a, in a private room. That's, that's exciting. And again, not, some, not an experience that uh, lots of people um, have with Airbnb for their first day, let alone ever. So really cool uh, perspective there and, and appreciate you all sharing that. I want to I want to transition to talking about you all um, and in your story. I'm curious if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit a little bit about what you all do professionally, how you first started thinking about Airbnb, and what that journey to uh, starting really creating your first space was like. 
Mom, I think this would be a great one for you to lead with. Sure, thank you. Um, it started in my world back in the 90s. I had a desire to someday own a B&B. And um, I worked in the property management field for some very prestigious uh, apartment uh, communities, uh, property management development companies that oversee apartment communities throughout the United States. And so I was doing rental in that capacity since the late 80s. And um, so, you know, it seemed natural to transition off into some sort of more uh, intimate because that's what I feel B&Bs are, Airbnbs, mm. because it's your space. It's not like just, you know, a massive rental holding. And so, you know, we I had talked about that, you know, with the family over and over again and said, you know, someday, someday, someday I would do this. Well, you know, working in, the, in real estate, uh, Dean and I had an opportunity to buy the home that we're on. And the, the train car was the first... Um, you know, opportunity to go where we, I said, you know what, we own this now, we can turn this into a, at the time I said, no B&B because it's too much work. I, you know, you don't realize in a B&B what all somebody actually has to do with, you know, that, that level. And I said, but you know, this Airbnb thing is more the level I'm interested in because we can meet people and have all these great folks come and, and stay with us, but I'm not cooking meals for them, you know, multiple times a day and doing all that different type of activity that, you know, isn't, is appealing once you start really looking down into what it is for me. So, so, you know, I came out of property management. Um, it, it, I think it really, you know, set the tone for, for, for me to help with my family to understand, you know, okay, this is what we're going to move forward in. And, and um, each of us, you know, define a role for ourselves within this on how we're going to, how we're going to divide and conquer in um, doing uh, our, our rentals. So from the beginning, was it, was it clear that it was going to be a family endeavor? Like well, everyone was sort of on board that, you know, we're all going to play a role in uh, turning this into a business. Was that, was that sort of the intention from the offset or did, you know, Adrian, did you have this desire and then you had to convince Dean and Taylor to come on board or, or what was that like? I think it's probably the second that, you know, I had this idea and Dean's like, go ahead and run with it. I, you know, I, 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 I trust you, but yet I'll, uh, hopefully you'll be able to pull this off. And as we started getting down the tracks, literally the tracks with the train, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the build was mine. Um, you know, I, the construction background is mine. So, you know, that was easy for me to, you know, work through that, although it was a long journey, a hard journey with lots of different twists and turns that I had never, you know, faced, but was able to overcome. But as we started moving into the marketing and the launch, that's when Taylor and the, and the design process, Taylor naturally, you know, got involved because she comes from that background and, and the two of us play really well together in you know, syncing up our brains and, and how to, you know, find the right balance from the creative side to even, you know, okay, let's, how, how do we make this happen? And financially, how do we, how do we, how do we make this happen? 
And so she entered the picture um, first in that regard as we started to move into that phase. And as we were coming alive and coming online, then we realized, okay, what's, we're bringing Dean in because he is such an amazing face of customer service because of his background, which he'll, he'll discuss with you. And so it was natural, not only for him in that regard, but also he loves the history about this train. And so as he speaks about it, he's, you know, his passion just oozes and, and it's, it's amazing. So I think it, if it's fair to say with my family, we all kind of just, it just evolved into that. And, 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 and we all just took our place and we talked about our place and, and, you know, to this day, you know, we still work well. We've, we've had, you know, it's not an easy relationship working with family in any regard. And so, <laughs> you know, yeah. so we've, we've had, we, we have to work through that. It's the communication, pro, you know, it's usually the communication process that falls down. And so we have to just kind of, you know, all, uh, you know, step up into our ownership shoes and figure out how we're going to play this out so that, you know, we make sure that we stay, you know, in, in, in what we aspire to be with this. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's more than just, you know, okay, make money. This is like, this has become our family passion, um, you know, in, in, in having this. And we see this as, as, as a means to, you know, our, all our futures in, in, you know, retirement and, you know, Taylor success later down the line this is this is this is becoming more of a legacy project for us i love that um so much so much there and it's evident in just how you all talk about this this place and really sort of like the genesis of this project um how much it means to you um excuse me i'm curious dean can you talk to us a little bit about the the property the space and sort of like how did you first decide to or maybe maybe a better question here is at what point did you realize oh wow this this idea that adrian has that you know maybe taylor's starting to get passionate about at what point did you realize this actually has legs and um what was it like for you to decide to uh, participate uh, actively? Because I, I would imagine, and I've talked to several different Airbnb hosts um, who, you know, the the husband, the wife, the daughter, whoever it might be, um, sort of spearheads uh, uh, the initiative. And then they play a, a much more passive role. From what I'm hearing, all three of you seem to play a pretty active role here. So I'm curious, at what point did you get really involved and um can you just talk to us a little bit about the actual property and uh we'll start with platform 1346 and and move on from there yeah actually uh i've learned over my many years being married to adrian that when taylor and adrian start getting creative i keep my mouth shut (laughs) (laughs) so uh my my first realization that i was fully involved in this project was when i had a crowbar in my hand and i was pulling out probably 10,000 1942 nails I and mean, we're talking about the kind of night square square nails that were twisted into the studs inside of the train so uh, when i threw my back into this it was it was go time uh, we were all um, very collaborative and, um, and it doesn't i don't see the vision like adrian and taylor do until it starts actually forming uh, a finished 
product. It's more for me. It's more a, a labor, and I kind of just watch this evolution as it occurs. Uh, I could kind of see things becoming real when the shiplap went up onto the walls and the ceilings, and when the furniture started coming in, and uh, the, the colors that they chose. Um, those kinds of things. All I'm a slow, slow learner when it comes to design, but uh, I seem to. Um, you know, hopefully participate in the, you know, the, the, the evolution and the construction of the project. So uh, really, that's where I came in, sort of the finisher. Um, but my, my passion is dealing, you know, once it's all done, is dealing with the folks when they come. Hmm. Uh, the property itself is uh, six acres, and it's all manicured. There are no, no woods. Uh, I should say manicured. It's, it's, it's landscaped, but uh, it's mostly grass with some very nice bamboo um, island accents uh, that provide privacy for the train from the main house. And uh, of course, the, um, the, uh, the dogs that uh, go to greet, my dogs that go to greet the guests with me. Uh, the property itself was very you know, picturesque. Um, the gentleman who built the house was uh, a colonel in the Air Force, and he was very into historical artifacts. So there's little trinkets around the property that I can describe for folks and uh, show them um, little uh, artifacts from World War II and uh, a neat neat uh, little uh, architectural um, accents to the house and th those kinds of things. But the property itself is just is gorgeous. And everyone that comes here, um, just can, I get the word a lot magical. So it is, not only is it a nice Airbnb experience, but it's, um, you know, it surrounds them with a whole environment and a vibe. I love that. That's uh, very, very well said, and the imagery is 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 strong. Uh, Taylor, talk to us about it from from what uh, your parents have said. Um, it sounds like you sort of had this. Uh, you're you're the, you're the creative sort of mind behind this, and or at least a creative augmentation of of your mom's mind here. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the actual design and sort of like aesthetic of the place, like. Did you have this uh, a vision going into like once it once the decision was made to turn this uh, this this train into an Airbnb? Was it pretty clear how you wanted to decorate it, or talk to us about sort of how uh, give it, give us a sense of what the the roadmap for the uh, the design and um, the decor? What did that look like? Um. So I have like we said, a background in photography, which I feel like just having a visual kind of language is really helpful in, in tackling these interior spaces. Because I don't have like a formal education in interior design, but I do have a, a like an a ability to conceptualize like how a space should lay out and have a good flow. Um, so I don't know, I, I feel like it just, it fell into place really naturally working with my mom. Um, we are usually able to compromise. I feel like my design, if I were able to have the like full reign would be really clown town and like really extreme maximalist. So she definitely pulls me back <laughs> and make sure, make sure that we're speaking to a broader audience. So I really, you know, I appreciate working with her. I think we have a really good way that we flow together. Um, and in terms of the actual design itself, uh, 
you know, we were, we were really considering the initial space. Um, you know, this is a train car from 1943, I believe. Yes, um, and how could we honor the space in a way that like really accentuates some of the or original features. So we decided at the very end, and I did have to beg a little bit to not paint the floors. Um, because they are great, just great decision. Great yeah, decision. And, and you know, everyone has their own opinion about it when they come. Some people we have very rarely heard that people don't like it, but most people that come through just are marveling at the floors because they're all you know all different colors um, from the original wood that was there. Uh, and then there's mom or dad. Can you explain what the the barrel? I don't know what to call them. Um, oh, the uh, water tank holders. Yeah, there's a um, in the original train because it's the cooking car. There was suspended galvanized uh, tanks that hung on racks from the ceiling, and so these big tanks. You know, the first thing was to figure out how to get the tanks down because they really obstructed the uh, ceiling uh, space in that part of the train. And once we took them down, we realized, oh, wow, the, the, the metal um, um, holders that suspended them were amazing architectural features and paused and said, stop, we're not going to take that down. We're going to leave that up there, paint them out a really cool dark gray color and allow them to be a feature in the train. Again, going back to what Taylor said, trying to preserve as much of the original um, feeling we could we still had available to us because a lot of it had been stripped down. So taking what was left and creating it as a, as, as um, focal points and showcasing that. So that's, that's where we, where, where we stopped, where Taylor was, you know, instrumental in that. Yeah. I think once we decided, you know, once we made those key decisions on these are the elements of this train car that we would like to preserve and and feature um we were able to incorporate more design elements around them to kind of highlight them but also bring in just contemporary comfort um and that feeling of you know hominess and making sure that people feel really at ease really like luxurious textures um soft linens like fluffy duvets and and just making sure people are as like cozy as possible when they're staying with us, because we have found that that's the most key element of when we're staying at Airbnbs is, you know, what do, what do we want to experience? Um, and I, I want like the softest, most lovely place to, to lay down after a long day. Right. And those um, were some significant issues to overcome because, well, the car is just as it is, it's steel and yeah. uh, the parts, parts of the roof are solid steel, which transmit cold and heat. So yeah, yeah the being cozy part was definitely a, a challenge. I, uh, I spent, I think mm. two days with our contractor in maybe 95 to 100 degree heat in July, hanging insulation. Um, <laughs> so I was coated in fiberglass and sweat and we really just poured our, all of our love and sweat and and just energy into this project and the train car did take uh i want to say a little over eight months to complete yeah, eight and a half eight and a half months to complete which was our longest project because you know it did involve 
how do we bring in power to this? And how do we bring in plumbing to this? Because it's literally just an empty metal box on the edge of our property, um, which ended up having to create a new address for it because we had to re-electrify a power pole that was dead. Um, and that is why it's platform 13, 1346 because it is the 1346 address. So it lives at its own little spot there. <laughs> wow, wow, that is uh, remarkable. Um, that's a fantastic segue into uh, my next question, which is about at what point in time did you all decide to expand sort of your portfolio of Airbnbs? Um, what would, what were those conversations like? And, uh, did one of you have a stronger feeling about it than the other? I know that several of the hosts that I've, uh, spoken with remark that one partner, if it's a, if it's a, uh, couple, uh, tends to want to expand and the other tends to be a little bit more reserved and hesitant and, uh, adopts sort of the let's do one thing and one thing really well sort of mentality. So I'm curious, how did those conversations work uh, among the three of you? And how did you eventually come to the conclusion that you should expand to um, Terminal 1344 and, and then Dolly's uh, fantasy camper? Can I just say one thing and let, let Adrian Taylor take it from there? Uh, we all agreed, and I especially was, uh, you know, exceptionally um, impressed with the way it was successful right out of the gate, um, meeting these great people uh, who were enthusiastic and enjoyed this space so much. Um, think I, I think personally that's what led us to uh, think about other opportunities. But then it's Adrian and Taylor's insatiable need to design stuff that, uh, <laughs> that, that created the, the urge to continue on with a planes, trains, and automobiles um, theme. And I'll, I'll let Adrian follow up with that one. Well, Terminal, uh, Terminal 1344 is the aircraft hangar. And actually, it was a natural transition there after we saw the success, like Dean said, because half of it already was an apartment and had been, we had rented it. Uh, full time for a year and a half, two years in front of this. So when the turnover occurred, you know, it was just a, a, a organic conversation to have with the group to say, okay, we've done really well over on the train. Maybe we ought to take that in here and do it in the, in the uh, apartment um, because we could make this a successful venture as well, more so than you know, even the rental was doing, and we could meet that many more cool people on property and share our little slice of heaven with them. So it was a conversation to start, you know, Dave, Taylor and I went right into design when we knew it was coming forward. And we were already two months in advance of it, pre-planning exactly the, the uh, you know, space we wanted. And so I'll let her, you know, take, take it from there. Yeah, the, um, the, we were very fortunate because the, the aircraft hangar was already on the property because as we said, the Colonel who built the house was a very interesting guy and he had a small aircraft and it just was a part of his vision for the property. Um, but throughout the, the couple of other owners that the house passed through, they did convert that back half into the apartment. Um, it wasn't as stylish as we would have liked it to be. Uh, but you know, we were renting it out full time. So it, it just made sense to leave it the way it was. 
Um, and when it did come time to, to making the decision to expand, uh, the whole front half of the hangar was again filled with furniture <laughs> um, because we went really hard on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace. Um, we find that that's like a really wonderful way to recycle furniture and uh, find things at better deals so we can fully, fully like style out these spaces. You know, we don't want them to feel empty or mm. understyled. Um, we want it to feel like home. Um, so that was kind of the beginning of that process. Um, and that one, again, felt super natural just to transition into there. Um, very fortunately, that also the train made back what we spent on it in two years. Wow. Which just felt incredible. It's, it's beyond what we could have expected. Um, and, you know, with the business growing, why not add another? And when Dolly's Fantasy Camper came, came about, I think that one was a, li was a little bit more improv of a de decision. Um, my, my mom had come up to New York. We went to Hudson, um, just for a little vacation together. Um, and on our road trip back to Tennessee, uh, we happened to find a camper on Craigslist and, oh, it's now attached to our car. <laughs> so <laughs> we came that home. Was, that was in Virginia. <laughs> Virginia. What's that? Did I say Virginia? No, but in Virginia is where we pulled off when we were driving home and said, oh, we're going to pick this up. And um, I called Dean and said, we're bringing a camper home. <laughs> he didn't really process that, I think. So when we showed up with the camper, he's like, excuse me. Well, speaking of that, actually, uh, I think a, a text was sent to me with a picture of a camper in the rearview mirror on the highway. <laughs> it, was, it was a head slap moment. So I thought, here they go again. I That's guess we I have thought. a camper now. <laughs> here they go again. Oh my gosh. So so you were you literally like scrolling through uh, Craigslist? I don't even know where you buy a camper. And yeah. while on the road trip and you saw it and you were like, yeah. we got to do this now? Yeah. And I made contact with those very, folks. Wow. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah, sorry. No, that was it. Sorry. <laughs> That's incredible. Wow. That is a fantastic story. And so obviously you must have been driving a truck or something to be able to. No. My VW Touring, which I looked quickly up on the internet, because it has it had a, a tow a tow uh, 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 package on the vehicle, and I just made sure that the dry weight of the camper was something that the vehicle could tow, and it and it did. And the nice gentleman who we bought it from helped set up the hitch and everything for me, and off we went. And it 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 wasn't a great pull because, you know, you're pulling a camper on a tour rig, so. We, we, we chugged along, but we made it home. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. That's incredible. I was a little mad at us, but in the, I would say, what was it, a six or seven hour drive from their home, uh, we had completely conceptualized that it was going to be a Dolly Parton themed camper and that it was going to say Parton me on the back. And I was already cooking up design, like color palette ideas design ideas, looking up Dolly Parton memorabilia, thinking about, okay, what are we gonna put on the outside of it? And I honestly think 
in that ride, we also thought about, or I thought about Mariah, um, who mm -hmm. she goes by Girl New York, and she did all of the wonderful illustrations on the exterior of the camper. Um, and, you know, six hours later, there's a camper in the in the driveway. There's a there's a plan. There's a color palette. We're ready to go. We just get that itch to design and like have to do it. That is amazing. That might just be one of the the best stories I've heard. Um, that's 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 really 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 neat. So, I'm thinking of uh, lots of lots of questions are sort of running through my head right now, but. One of the things I'd love for you guys to just speak to is it's one thing to have a great eye for a design. It's one thing to love people. Uh, it's, you know, another thing to have had a background in, in real estate. Um, but it's another to figure out how the heck to run a successful business um, mm -hmm. and do so on the Airbnb platform. So could you guys just speak a little bit to, you guys can decide who should answer this, this question, but how did you go about sort of discerning how to charge for the space, how you were going to actually one day recruit the costs, make money, even, you know, be profitable here. What was that, uh, experience? Like how much did you guys essentially have to go to school on this? Like, how did you figure out how to do this uh, smart in, in a way that was intelligent and in a way that was uh, that was strategic? I think that comes over to me with and it, it really comes off the property management experience. I was a VP with a, 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 one of the large players and regional manager for many years. So, you know, cost engineering is something that that, you know, I'm very familiar with and, you know, trying to figure out you know, how to, you know, problem solve, get it right. And then, you know, price point there, the market tells you what that looks like. Sure. Um, you know, we put it out there and, you know, um, you know, we do use uh, Airbnbs. Uh, we set a, 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 a floor, we set a ceiling and we, you know, we allow their, their system to tweak that up. And it seems to have worked. And we, we knew where our, where our low point would be um, before we even started. We've adjusted it through a little bit through COVID and now we're back to where we were um, actually, and then some. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you've got to be smart about these things because it, you know, you can't go, Taylor and I have talked about this, you, you can't go making this the Taj Mahal and never have a return on investment. You just, I mean, that's not smart, smart business. So, um, you know, we have to, you know, you know, piece this together. We know where we're going to have some higher costs on certain things, but, you know, we're in it to win it. So, uh, you know, we work it out. We all have jobs too. So, um, you know, Dean is our, our, our senior vice president of uh, customer service. Guest experiences. Guest experiences. And Taylor, your title is? Uh, I'm press and marketing. Senior VP of press and marketing. I like to get rid he of that. Yes, the titles, but yeah. And I'm CEO and senior vice president of housekeeping. So... Taylor does all our marketing. She does all our press engagements, everything we need for, you know, design and print. Dean comes in and he greets every single guest that comes on property. Mm -hmm. And between the three of us, we answer the Airbnb questions as they come in for inquiries or the greetings or the exits. 
And then, you know, I take over, you know, uh, you know, managing, you know, the supply, the costs, and um, I clean probably, I don't know, what do you think? 90% of my turns and we have quite a bit of turns. Wow. So. Wow. That's a, uh, that's a real operation there. Um, that's, that's we have an enormous staff underneath all of us. Of course, of course you do. Yes. Yes. As one would expect. So Dean, uh, I have a question for you since you are uh, senior vice president of customer experience. Um, can you talk to us? Guest relations. Guest relations. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. I've got my, uh, my corporate marketing hat on. Um, uh, talk, uh, is there a story you can share with us, um, or something that sort of comes to mind about, uh, an interesting guest that has stayed in one of your places? You don't have to reveal their identity if that will cause issues. Um, but a interesting story about somebody who stayed in the place and, or just a interesting story, um, that a guest, uh, uh, an experience rather that, uh, that you all had with a guest while they were staying at one of your places. Yeah, absolutely. They're one of our most, I think, at least personally, one of our most unique guests was actually a member of the Harley Davidson racing team. Wow. Uh, and they stayed in the train and um, they, they were, of course, very used to hotels and Harley Davidson pays for hotels. So he had to do some finagling to get Harley Davidson to pay for an Airbnb because this was a new uh, a new sort of uh, avenue for, for them. But they got really tired of hotels. Um, he told me uh, a very unique story about how he had it wasn't directly related to racing with Harley, but he, he knew some folks who uh, were very, very wealthy and actually participated in the real life cannonball run uh, with these fancy, fancy super, super cars and racing through uh, Las Vegas at enormous speeds. And they were actually stopped by uh, uh, the, I think it was the Nevada Highway Patrol helicopter. That was the only thing that could keep up with them. And they were all swiftly uh, taken to jail and their cars were impounded. And these folks were, so rich that they were bailed out within a matter of hours and had a new million dollar car delivered to him uh, within within the hour so that they could continue the race and not uh, not not turn up uh, as a loser on the other end. So that, that was just really interesting. I didn't know that that thing really existed. And then um, just there are a lot of um, unique. I think, I think the one though that we talked about that more so is the woman who had come here and she had had right had her. Her, her her puppy had passed away. Right. I was, yeah, there were um, other guests, of course, who, you know, that at, at their face, you meet them. They're very pleasant folks. But then when you get into the train and you start describing things or just talking, um, the, the walls break down and communication starts to flow. And you find out that these folks have very real um, and deep, in this case, a very personal tragedy that had occurred in their life. And she had lost her beloved animal, her dog, and she was sitting. Of course, I bring the I bring my dogs with me for every greet, and that's one of the highlights of everyone's stay. All six dogs go out with me, and they they just love the people. But in this case, the dogs came right into the train, and that was looking at her face as she was sitting on the edge of the bed, and then just slid off the end of the bed to the floor, and my dogs just gave her a wiggly, furry blanket of compassion and it, you they knew before I knew and then she told me the story about how she had lost her dog and that it was absolutely pup therapy for her to have all these dogs surround her 
and it was just a beautiful experience. And that has happened. That has happened several times where people have lost family members, and my dogs seem to understand that there are um, you know, deep feelings with these guests, and they they react accordingly. It's very very fascinating. That's beautiful. Um, and what a personal touch there. And I, I love how your dogs uh, go out with you to greet the guests. That's, that's again, not something that you see every day. Uh, especially- no, you don't get that at an Airbnb. They've actually been in so many of the reviews that Airbnb <laughs> sent us a logo dog bowl. Ah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I yeah. love that. I love yeah. that. And if you look through our guest book, the, the guest book that they write, that we leave in the train, and all of our spaces. And then the reviews on top of that, the dogs are in 99.9% of all the reviews as a, as a huge, a huge bonus. And that's uh yeah, it sounds like that's your guys's uh, unique value add or, or one of your unique value adds um, in the spirit of, you know, being a good marketer, as I'm sure Taylor knows, right. Differentiation is key. And so, uh, being able to add, uh, puppy love to the guest experience, um, is absolutely something that's worth, uh, that's worth writing about. So, uh, I love that. That's, that's fantastic. Um, I'd love, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we get calls or texts from folks to say, please let the dogs out (laughs) 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 or, or I'm texting them at 11 o'clock and I'm like, can you let the dog out of the train or let him out of the hangar so they can come home and go to bed now? (laughs) That's amazing. That's wow. That's, that's next level hospitality. Yeah. We found our poodle sleeping with one of the seven-year-old guests uh, back in the beginning of the hangar, Um, just curled up on the couch with him. So yeah, they, they, they let him in and love him. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, you guys might need to be the first folks, or maybe you're not the first, but maybe you guys need to make a dog house Airbnb or something like that. So <laughs> folks can, that's all like decked out and people can drop off their, uh, their pets for extended stays or something like that. Right. Um, or a place that men could come to when they're in trouble. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I'd love to, we have a few minutes left here and uh, obviously there's so much we could talk about, but um, what I'm really interested in hearing from you all is a little bit more about when you think about what it takes to be a great guest um, and then also a great host with respect to the Airbnb marketplace, what are a couple of things that come to mind um, about lessons you all have learned on the host side of things and or uh, things you've learned after hosting so many guests about what uh, a great sort of host guest sort of encounter and, and, and relationship looks like? Well, I'll take this one from the start. Um, we just yesterday made 400 five-star reviews. Wow. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. I have a 100. We, we, I'm sorry. We have a 100% five-star review uh, records. And uh, uh, one of the things that I find fascinating, well, uh, I should say not, uh, one of the things that I find um, that is great about a guest is that they have read all of our material and done a little bit of research on the property. And we are able to dialogue back and forth about what they've learned and they have questions about it. And I'll let uh, Adrian or Taylor yeah. take the host. Yeah, Taylor, you want to take the host part? Um, just in regards to, to being a great host. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Or, or yeah, talk to us about lessons you've learned about like 
what it takes to be a great host and maybe, you know, compliments you've received from guests. Um, what are the things that you've sort of realized people really care about at the end of the day? So I think the most important thing about being a great host is like obsessive attention to detail. Um, my mom has like the most rigorous cleaning routine that I've ever seen. And also I think our, our attention to amenities has been really kind of major for guests so that they're never wanting for anything when they're there, all the way down to toothbrushes and razors, um, water bottles, you know, just really anything you could need in the kitchen for, for cooking and baking. Um, and we expanded that out even to the property for, you yeah. know, onto the property by suggestion, by having, you know, horseshoe pits and cornhole boards and a lounge area and, a, and my raised garden area for guests so that they have the pond area. They have things to do right here on property versus having to leave to go do something, which, you know, for social distancing has been phenomenal. For yeah, people. We're more interested in creating an experience. Mm -hmm. um, out of our stays for all of our guests. Um, we want this to be like an attraction. Um, so it's, it's a memorable, a memorable part of your stay, uh, uh, you know, as opposed to just going to a hotel and just sleeping there. Um, a lot of our guests who come through have a lot of plans and then all of a sudden their plans get kind of canceled because they don't want to leave. <laughs> so they'll end up, you know, staying on our property all day and exploring the gardens and the pond and the bonfire pit. And there's so many different areas for them to relax, unwind, have fun with their family or their friends or whoever they're with. Um, and that or other, or other guests. element is, is the most important part of, of hosting to me. Other guests too, I was adding in there. I'm sorry, I cut into you, Taylor, but you know, sometimes our guests meet the other guests and become friends out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. What you guys have going on that, that operation is, um, I'm sure not in incredibly, I'm sure there are other, other places that do, that do something similar. Um, and we've, we've stayed at a couple places where there've been multiple, uh, uh, properties, um, or, or houses rather, uh, on a, a pot, on a property, and it is always really interesting to see sort of like the people that want to hang and the people that don't. But um, you know, it's what you guys have built, and to to piggyback on what you were saying, Taylor, about this experience is what you guys are offering is especially during these times. Um, you're offering respite. You're offering a, a place where people can come and relax, come and be restored. Uh, get puppy love. Um, and that, that experience is incredibly important, especially in the times that we're, that we're all living through. Um, and so my final question, and I'd love for each of you to answer this is, uh, what is home to you? Um, and maybe a, a, a slight add on to that. If, if, if you also desire, um, you could also answer what you think makes this space feel like home. Um, and so maybe we just start where we started the conversation back with you, Taylor. Um, and you know, what is home to you and, or what do you think makes a space feel like home? Yeah, I really think home is, is a place where you can let your guard down. 
and just fully be at ease. Um, so that's something that's been really major for us in, in making sure that all of our spaces have that kind of energy, um, whether it's design or amenities or our personal interaction with our guests um, or just the property itself. Uh, creating just a truly tranquil environment. Um, yeah, I would, yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I don't know how, far, how much further I can go with that other than tranquility is, is at the, at the center of the, the idea. I would feed off of Taylor's thought about interaction with guests and, and one of the, being the face of our Airbnbs with all these people, it's 100% critical that you interact with them. And, uh, you know, the, the, just the, the, the greeting and uh, follow up on whether or not their stay is comfortable, uh, making sure that they are satisfied with the stay uh, is, uh, is it's crucial. And that, um, once you get those, those hurdles through, you just have basic conversations, seeing them out on the property and learn about them. They learn about you. And it's, then it becomes family. Then it becomes home. Uh, that, that makes the space 100% comfortable, like Taylor said. Um, it's, they can be at ease, where they, you know, definitely a home-like feel when they don't feel like they're in someone else's space. And I'll take it inside to the actual space, and I'm passionate about ensuring that my guests get a, a is, 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 is warm and cozy and clean environment as they possibly can. Um, it is so important that they walk in there and they feel like they can live in there, but no, not necessarily know that it's been lived in before. So it, it, it's theirs, but it is, it is, um, you know, it is been taken care of with love and attention to create the, you know, like Taylor said, you know, a tranquil em environment for them and that it, that they can just let their guard down and not have to process, you know, anything, um, you know, about what's going on in the world beyond at that point. Very, very well said. So I have to ask, are there more Airbnbs in the works or are we, uh, are we done with three? I think we're on a bit of a hiatus right now. Um, my parents are currently caring for, uh, my grandfather, my mom's dad, uh, he lives in the house with a terminal illness. Um, so life has been a little chaotic this year for yeah. a lot of reasons, but that that's definitely absorbed a lot of time and energy um, that we need to just focus on him while he's here. And we but do don't have, think that I'm not looking. We do have some like soft conversations about, you know, would be, we be able to realistically do one more on the property? or would it feel like Disneyland? Um, because right now we do have the three on our one six acre piece of property, but they're all at the opposite ends of the, you know, the corners. So it makes a lot of sense, but. And I know that that's the, that thought is in their minds when she <laughs> hauled me off to the middle of the forest someplace and I had to switch my truck into four wheel drive and I didn't think I would get out of that space and uh, she's, she's thinking about Airbnb, and I'm just thinking, oh, my God. 
<laughs> I think if anything, it might have to be off property. So yeah, it was way that was off the grid. You're not talking about off property. Well, Taylor doesn't even know that I took Dad to a property <laughs> last week and was showing him something that I was studying. Yeah. <laughs> even when we are absolutely maxed out in like emotional and physical energy, we're still thinking about it. So yeah. I would not be surprised if in the future there were another. Amazing. Well, hey, you all, thank you very much for taking time to chat with me today. This has been uh, amazing. And it's been fun to sort of, as you all talk, just look through some of the photos of your places and um, the photography, which I imagine you did, Taylor. Um, yeah, I've done all except for the trains Airbnb account because Airbnb plus requires that their own photographer comes out. Yes. Okay. Um, but we were stoked to be, you know, upgraded to Airbnb Plus, so happily handed over the reins on that one. But yeah, mm -hmm. but the majority of the photography for all of our, you know, from our website to social media to the listings themselves. But you did assist the photographer because the first photographer didn't deliver and Taylor was here when the second one was and she made sure that they met the spec. <laughs> well, thank God. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's he had it. to school another photographer on how to shoot our train. So <laughs> he was very nice and good at his job. We would love people to come visit our website, which is platform1346.com. That shows all three properties and Taylor's beautiful photography. So we'd love to have them visit that and come see us. Yes, absolutely. And we will be uh, including a link to uh, all of your listings in our show notes. So if folks are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, just pop on and open that link on your phone and you can view these beautiful properties. Um, and also we'll throw in a, a link to the core website as well um, to make it to make it even easier. So thank you, Smith family, for, for joining us today. Really, really appreciate your all's time. And I look forward to the day that uh, my wife and I get to come and experience one or more of your properties. Please do. We look forward to having you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb, you can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're gonna roll with it. Subscribe um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.